You're listening to MESS, a motivational and educational series for success, where Rhonda and Jules find articles online pertaining to dental assisting or the industry. This way, you get to learn while you listen. It's time to organize the chaos with Zen. All dental practices run into the same problems. Ordering dental office supplies is a mess. Running out of products, no budget, and price comparisons that take hours. With Zen, dental supplies management has never been easier. Go check them out, www.zensupplies.com. Today's mess comes from Dental Sleep Practice. Struggle of the Jungle, Managing More Sleep in a Busy Restorative Practice by Teresa Power. Now, there are nearly 200,000 dentists in the United States today, but the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine, the AADSM, boasts of fewer than 5,000 members. Surveys of the dental industry continuously rank dental sleep medicine, DSM, and implants as the top two subjects of interest for continuing education. Implants are booming and have certainly reached a tipping point among clinicians and the public. Now, DSM hasn't reached that inflection point yet, but we're not even close. Well, why? When asked this question, many dentists reply that their general practice demands too much time and with little to no time to screen patients for sleep-disordered breathing or implementing DSM. They're aware of the labyrinth steps required to meaningfully incorporate DSM. Steps such as screening, patient education, obtaining a diagnosis, coordinating with the physicians, and medical billing. Now, many of these same clinicians favorably proclaim their desire to implement DSM because they care about their patients. They believe looking at the airway is within their scope of practice, and they want to abide by the ADA's standard of care. Unfortunately, the obstacle course inherent to DSM and the dynamic time constraints are non-starters for many. The hurdles are real, but they can be overcome. Great sleep dentists overcome them every day. Adding DSM to a busy restorative practice is possible, and the following three stories featuring three dentists from three different time zones, they'll tell you how they dance with the struggle of the juggle. Now, Brandon Hedgecock DDS, D-A-B-D-S-M, wow, there's a lot of acronyms. When dentists say they don't implement sleep into their dental practice because they're way too busy, it takes too much time, or they tried it and it didn't take off, I tell them, those are 100% excuses, not reasons. DSM has a lot of hoops, and the process can be long and convoluted, uh, but it's definitely not insurmountable. You can't do it alone. You can't do it without a solid team. You wouldn't open a general practice with no assistance or a hygienist or a marketing plan and expect it to work. That's ridiculous. DSM is no different. In a restorative practice, you hire RDAHs to do profies and treatment coordinators to talk about money. The dentist can't do it all and shouldn't do it all. You develop a plan. Put the right people in the right places. Don't give up, and then it becomes easier, and then it becomes sustainable. If you build it, they will come. When dentists complain that they don't have time to screen their patients, my response is that it takes 10 seconds to mention that there are signs they brox at night or they were snoring during a procedure, and then simply hand them off to the right person in the office. 
Then comes the excuse about team resistance. The team won't get on board with sleep implementation. That's a leadership and a management issue. They probably pushed back when you brought in a scanner, Invisalign, a new software, whatever it is. People are generally resistant to change, any change, good, bad, indifferent. Remember, though, they are in healthcare, so they care about people and their jobs. If they don't, you have to look at the team and decide if these are the right people. Next, take an assistant, an assistant, or another team member and develop them into your sleep champ. It's kind of like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. This is not an expense. That's flawed thinking. This is an investment in your practice, in your team, in your patient's health, and in your career. Invest the money into getting the right person. As sleep started to gain momentum in our office, I initially, I had someone from the restorative side help. But issues arose on the dental side because everyone's focus was too fragmented. In short time, we realized we had to dedicate someone full-time to properly manage sleep patients, the workflow, the documentation, and prevent anyone or anything from falling through the cracks. Now, I remember Jessica, who now runs the sleep in our office, telling me that another team member I told her we could hire that person after we hit our number. Well, a month went by, and we didn't hit it. She passionately explained that they were never going to hit that number if we didn't have enough people to do the work. We hired the person, and one month later, we exceeded the goal by 30%. Have a growth mindset, not a scarcity mindset. Do more, be more, and you'll see more patients. Build it, and they will come. Physician referrals and maximizing your time. A recurring question I get during lectures is about whether I see sleep and restorative patients on the same days or if I have days dedicated to sleep. I do see them on the same days, but I have one chair that is dedicated entirely to sleep. This allows me to do a crown prep and one op, and then while the assistant packs cord or takes a scan, I can go into the sleep room and do an appliance delivery. With this type of schedule, the most productive use of my time is when we have sleep and implant cases scheduled simultaneously. Another common question is about generating physician referrals. It is disingenuous to deny that many physicians lack education about sleep, see some stigma associated with oral appliances, or have a heavy bias towards CPAP. Sometimes it's, it's all three. This is really the biggest friction point in our office, but again, it's an issue that can be overcome. It's just requiring constant contact. Don't let patients fall through the cracks. Take physicians to dinner to discuss how your practice functions, learn about theirs, and identify commonalities. We had a physician liaison and actually just added a second one. Now, this is all they do all day. They keep us top of mind with existing referral sources and continually generate new ones too. If nothing else, please remember, first, the impact you have on your patient's quality of life, their health, their happiness. You will fall. You know that. Pick yourself up and do it again. The only ones that fail are those that quit. Now, Jason Decretti. DMD, D-A-B-D-S-M, again, a lot of acronyms. We're busy. Our sleep patients are booked out over two months right now. There's just so much massive growth in this area. I wish it wasn't needed, but I'm glad we're trained and available to provide these patients with help they need. 
managing general dentistry and DSM wasn't easy at first. I try to keep the restorative dental side less complex so I can focus on the high volume of sleep patients. We must balance family too, which is most important. This is the struggle of the juggle. Time management and the patient journey. Saying you don't have enough time to talk to patients just isn't true. On the subject of time, I provide fantastic care for all of my sleep patients. I care about them so much. That doesn't mean I have to spend hours with them. Between the five-minute initial discussion with them during the hygiene check and the 10 minutes I spend with them during the consult, five minutes during the home sleep test review, and 10 minutes I spend during the 90-minute records appointment. I have, what, 30 to 45 minutes dedicated to each case, and again, I pride myself in our level of patient care. But if you're doing a hygiene check or the patient is there for a toothache, you just note that they have a melon patty, a four, or a scalloped tongue. Ask if they have trouble going to sleep, staying asleep, or snore. Do they have headaches or get up to go to the bathroom during the night? Yeah, it's true. If you try to have a full sleep consult appointment during a hygiene check, it's going to set you back. I set your patient back and your hygienist too. Don't do that. Don't talk too much. Instead, tell them you want to get them scheduled for another day for like a 45-minute no-charge sleep consultation. Don't schedule it for the same day. The hook is that the initial screening to get them to come back for a consultation, you help them recognize they have a problem they've been dealing with privately. Our patients trust us. They trust that we have their best interest and that we're here to help them. Now, when they come in for their consultation, we use a pharyngometer to evaluate collapsibility of the pharynx, a rhinometer to evaluate nasal patency, as a visual aid to help them tie their airway issues to their chief complaints. Most patients actually get somewhat excited at this point because they're thankful there may be a solution to the issues they've been silently suffering through. Tanya, the dental assistant, gives them a watch pad to take home and manages the majority of the consult. She used to sit in the room with me while I did them, but after watching me do dozens of them, she was able to take what she observed, and now, with the exception of the 10 minutes that I'm present, Tanya does this on her own. I can't stress enough the importance of investing in an all-star sleep champion. They also schedule the one-hour HST review before leaving. 90% of my patients come from MD referrals now, but we still test some of our own patients. During the HST review, we focus on the treatment and avoiding bad health outcomes. We talk about how PAP and oral appliance therapy can help eliminate the signs and symptoms. At this point, there's still no talk of money. We want to build value, illuminate how sick they are, and what a healthier future can look like. After this, Tanya, the dental assistant, hands the patient to the sleep care coordinator who connects with GoGo Billing to work out the insurance and financial details. Then they come in for the records appointment. Like I said, most of my sleep patients are referred by physicians. This means I'm not their regular dentist. Still, we take a pano, probe, and chart everything. If they're our own dental patients, this has already been done. Tanya uses the pharyngometer again, I palpate the joints and muscles, check the range of motion, and help determine which device we're going to prescribe. Now Tanya scans and sends the case off. All of this is driven by Tanya. Tanya, the dental assistant, our sleep coordinator, except for the parts that legally require a dentist to do them. The importance of a sleep champion. 
Tanya has been an assistant for 25 years. It's true, you don't have the time to do this all by yourself. Now, shut down the entire office for a day or take everyone to a two-day course. Get them educated, trained, and coached. If the dentist is the quarterback, you'll lose the game before it even starts. Find a team member that wants to learn, that gets passionate, and invest in them to lead the sleep in your practice. Don't think about the cost. It's an investment that's pretty much guaranteed to pay dividends. But way more important, it'll save your patients' lives. You've helped patients get out of pain from an abscess. You've turned black teeth into white teeth. But nothing is more rewarding than this. Ugly teeth don't kill people. Collapsed airways do. Saying you have to go get more and more CE or more information is BS. Get to a course. Take what you've learned and go. Start screening. Consult with your patients. Invest in your team and keep learning. Repeat. Success is not an accident. Success is at the intersection of hard work and opportunity. Mark Newman, DDS. Now, I don't want to throw a profession under the bus, but I've heard a lot of our colleagues say they don't have time to treat sleep patients. Fine, don't treat them. But you should absolutely follow the ADA's guidelines to identify patients. Then, just make a referral to another provider. New patients and neck measurements. Now, in our practice, every single new patient we have gets their neck measured. This is an excellent icebreaker. The patients almost always ask why we're measuring their necks. We tell them that we're doing it to comply with the ADA's position that all patients should be screened for sleep-disordered breathing. This kicks the door open, and many patients begin volunteering information about their sleep. Challenges, opportunities, and HST. DSM workflow is complicated due to the amount of documentation. You must allot enough time to properly document cases and remember, MDs are dealing with the same issues. Cumbersome EMRs, patients running late, pay, or records request. No two cases are the same. We don't have separate days for sleep only. If a patient can't come in during an available window, we try to get them in a bit earlier. Now, in the morning or, you know, schedule a telehealth visit during a non-productive time, we really try to be available for them. One game changer we've recently benefited from is the use of the Night Owl HST technology. Now, our front office people no longer have to manage all the HST units. In the throes of COVID, uh, they were uncomfortable cleaning and maintaining the units. The Night Owl, it's great. It's a turnaround in less than 10 days, and it really simplifies the HST process in our practice. It takes a team. I'm inserting this. That's why I'm reading you this article. <laughs> My most significant obstacle has been standardizing a high level of DSM care into a full team approach. However, in combating that obstacle, I must say one thing I've learned in my career, not just as a dentist, but as a leader, is that some challenges are good challenges to have. We have five front office admins, six assistants, and four hygienists dispensed across two locations. Although it can be a task to implement every single protocol from the wish list, I am certainly blessed to be surrounded by a supporting staff who are willing and able to multitask the day-to-day -day of our busy practice. More than anything, I have the best job in the world because I get to work alongside some pretty great dentists who happen to be my brothers, Dr. Newman and Dr. Newman. With that said, I'm a sleep champion. That means my assistant 
is one too. Sleep champions breed sleep champions. Just don't give up. Don't ever give up. If you're passionate about helping others, you'll make it happen. DSM is on the cusp of changing things. I want to be a part of it. All right, guys. Now, I know that was kind of a long article. And if you're still with me, (laughs) kudos to you. You're probably in the shower and couldn't hit stop or go to the next podcast. But I want to put in my final thoughts about this article. I think it's super awesome that they're highlighting dental assistants to be the sleep champions. I am the sleep champion for my office. And yes, it's hard to learn all this stuff. But oh my gosh, it's the most fulfilling thing that I have ever done in my 21-year dental assistant career and um, and you can do it too, especially if your doctor has already taken like, you know, a, a Cliff's Notes course about how dentists can help people breathe better while they sleep. Just know that you can learn what they can learn. You can help them. You can be the person that says, you know what, doc, I know you really want this and I want it for you too. And I want it for me and I want it for you. And reach out to me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Uh, it can happen. And you can be the sleep champion for your dental practice. Thanks for tuning in to Monday Mess. All links to the articles read will be found in the show notes.